don't trust the sexy undead pirate, <laughs> but it's still worth entertaining him. <laughs> you can have a little a sexy undead pirate as a treat. As a, as a treat, <laughs> not as an everyday thing, just as a treat. Hello, everybody, and welcome back. Hello. (laughs) Welcome back to That Pretentious Book Club. Where we talk about books. And other nonsense. And other nonsense. Yeah. And Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves sometimes. Mermaids. Uh I talk about my husband a lot. Fair warning. We talk about Javi a lot. We do. Mm -hmm. We talk about cats a lot. We do talk about cats a lot. Um, what else do we talk about? Uh, lately, we complain about Tom Sawyer. We complain about Tom Sawyer like a lot. the last couple episodes we have. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do it again. No, <laughs> We're actually gonna, this is actually a special episode where we just spend the entire hour and a half ranting That's about right. It's Tom the Sawyer. Tom Sawyer roast hour. That over there is your host, Kendall Shaw, a.k.a. Dr. Spoons Palermo. Hi, howdy. And that over there is Ash O'Rourke, but you can call her Wheezy. It ain't easy being Wheezy. I kind of thought you were going to be like, uh, that is doctor to you because you've said that a couple times. And I did say Dr. Spoons Palermo, but I, something about it like really cracks me up when you go, um, that's doctor to you. <laughs> Listen, it's the only time I'll ever be called a doctor. So yeah, I got to take advantage of it. I've had a couple people ask me if you're actually a doctor and I'm like, <laughs> no. <laughs> wow, I, I can't that. believe I give off any kind of doctoral energy. I feel like energy. the people who ask that haven't listened to the podcast. I feel like it's very clear that we're being tongue in cheek, but yes, I don't know. For those wondering, I am not a doctor. If you ever wondered, I wonder if anyone has secretly wondered. Like maybe it's a joke, but she actually is a doctor or something. Yeah. See, that would. That's not the case. <laughs> <laughs> See, uh, that's not the case. She's like a. She's like the podcast doctor like a, like when you say like like the a, love doctor yeah the love like doctor the like uh, the doctor. spin doctor, the spin doctor. <laughs> she's like the I'm, pod the, doctor. I'm the keanu fan club doctor oh, well that might be true <laughs> nobody knows more than you know <laughs> i did get my phd in keanu reeves <laughs> Listen, I put over like 300 hours into that degree, probably. Yeah, you probably did. <laughs> no, probably not. Wait. Well, maybe. No, maybe you did. The th- it's so funny when you think about the things that we've put hours and hours into. I think I could have a doctorate in mermaid stuff. You probably actually. could. I've spent so, so many hours researching and even making mermaid tales and training. and Mermaidology. Mermaidology. I'd have a PhD in mermaidology. There's so many weird degrees out there. I wonder. You know what? I bet you could. Would it be any more useless than my English literature degree? (laughs) Who's to say? (laughs) Who's to say? Who's to say? I'm actually lucky. I do use my degree, but I I know that that's a popular joke among everybody. Mm -hmm. Yeah, among everyone. (laughs) You know what? If you're not an English major, stop making the joke. Seriously, we can make the joke. (laughs) Yeah, we don't need you, okay? We understand. (laughs) We are very aware of our situation. Just shut up. (laughs) We picked it anyways, okay? (laughs) Uh, Also, there's just not that much a lot of us can do besides that. Yeah. What's outside? Nothing. I just keep moving my head so that different parts of outside will be in different parts of your blinds. 
Oh. I don't know if that makes sense. No, it does. I, I okay. got you. It makes sense. Wow, I'm really hungry right now. I was literally just thinking I this would like be we better if like we had Whataburger. Food. Yes, exactly what I was thinking. I guess we should have ordered food or something. Uh. <laughs> we are recording two episodes in one day, which is not our usual, but husband and I, I want to go to the Oyster Festival, and so that means we won't be able to record the next Oyster weekend. The Oyster Festival. The Oyster Festival. <laughs> I, we're going to the Oyster Star Festival. Festival. <laughs> I don't know what that is. It's like no. a weird... Sorry, I, Ireland, maybe? Accent. I don't know what that do was. Do you eat oysters in Ireland? I think they do, because I'm pretty sure I have like a recipe for mussel stew from oh. an uh, Irish cookbook. Mussel stew. But, um, and mussels are basically oysters, aren't they? Someone is like, you absolute idiot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. When I think uh, about oysters, I think about newsies, because there's the one line where he says, when, you, uh, when you're famous, the wild is your oyster. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, you're what? And he's like, you're oyster. And they're like, <laughs> What are you talking about? And he's like, yeah, oyster. You know, the little clam with the poil inside. <laughs> with the poil. And they're like, ah, oh, you idiot. Anyway. <laughs> they're like, ah, oh, you. Like all of our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> My mom got me a mug one time that says, the oil the is your oyster. <laughs> <laughs> that it was spelled. <laughs> yeah, why can't I do my Newsies accent right now? Usually I'm better. No, no. Say oyster normally. Oyster. It still sounds a little Irish when you say oyster. it. Oyster. Oyster. Your oyster. Your oyster. <laughs> this is going to be a whole episode of really painful accents, too, because let me tell you, the one accent that I can do that I that, that is even worse than every other accent is um, my French one. And so then if we go to it? like the Cajun French accent, it is, I can't do it. I <laughs> I literally don't even, I can't even process it. Like when I watch like TikToks of like these like um, super like, super like Cajun people uh-huh. with all, the, like, it's always like their recipes because like yes. their food is amazing. And they're like, they're saying things to the camera and I, I recognize every like third or fourth word and it is English. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> my brain just can't, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's the sound or the slang i cannot seem to decipher it yeah so. it's really tough um i mean french already is crazy but then like cajun cajun french is like oh my god y'all are y'all are wild and out down there they are seriously wild and out uh, nothing but love to you but what yeah, is going but, on oh my god how do you <laughs> i i'm so i love so this the books that we're doing this episode is Royal Street. It's the first book in the Sentinels of New Orleans series by Suzanne Johnson. It's one of my all-time favorites, and it's set in New Orleans. And what I so I've never been to New Orleans, but it's been on my bucket list forever. And I've done like a stupid amount of research into New Orleans. It fascinates me so much because it feels like it's like of all of the cities you could visit in the U.S., it feels like it's a like a different country going there. Like the local culture is so different. Distinct. It's so distinct. You feel. I feel. I haven't been, so I feel like when you go, it's like going to another country. It was definitely, I've been once. It was really fun. The, um, it's definitely, I, w- I would agree with you in that um, I don't know of a lot of other cities that have a, that distinct, distinct of a different yeah. culture. I feel like you like can definitely so many spot things. the tourists. It's so distinct. Like some places you could go and be a tourist, but you like might not immediately apparently like look like a tourist. But I really feel like in New Orleans... Maybe I just have a paranoia because I hate being the annoying tourist. <laughs> so part of it is I just hate being the annoying tourist. But I also like to travel. So it's like I have no other option. You're like, I annoying. have to be the tourist. <laughs> I have to be the tourist. But I feel like it's it'd be obvious. It's such a very specific um, 
culture. Yeah, I don't know. I was running around literally doing a scavenger hunt, so <laughs> I'm sure I looked like a tourist. And also, we went and like got beignets and stuff. So oh, I'm pretty beignets. sure like probably 80% of the people who go to Cafe du Monde every day are tourists. Are tourists. Oh, I'm, <laughs> I'm so sure they are. Yeah. Well, it's a huge tourist spot, and that means it's a huge part of it. Here's the thing, too, like about that I have a problem with people complaining about tourists. Like, that's a huge part of your like local industry like for tourist destinations so people complain and i do get it i would be really annoying to like share your space with a bunch of nosy tourists but also like for new orleans can you imagine how much of their like yearly you know gross income is tourist money probably a lot so much like it would be so bad trying to like take that away yeah and i mean it's fun to like go see different you know places and yeah stuff i like mean that. be respectful don't be the annoying tourist the annoying tourists are why people don't like people tourists hate tourists. i feel like new orleans also has a reputation for being the place that people go to get like stupid crazy and right I'm like, and it's can we like, not maybe i know and go have fun and get get a little wild but don't get like disrespectful absolutely wild, which i think is why new orleans probably has that reputation oh, so yeah. maybe it's specifically tourists to new orleans are just the worst <laughs> i will say this though i have never been to a place where I mean, the, the alcohol consumption was so prevalent. Yes. It was so wild. I only know people who have gone there to like just drink hurricanes. Yeah, people just love doing that. We only barely went to Bourbon Street, but it was like crazy. Even like you could just tell even yeah. the next morning, like, wow, this has been crazy last yeah. night. But so um, we did go like. I've never had a hurricane. I haven't either. But what's the other thing that they love to drink? Um, I have no idea. Down in like that area. Ugh, I'll think of it. I don't know. Anyway, but um, we did go to Frenchman Street, and literally there was oh, that's a the huge... title of one of the books. All of the oh, books really? are named after different like streets. Oh. I think in that area, yeah. Well, it was pretty fun. There's like um jazz clubs and stuff, mm-hmm. and there was literally a huge jazz band walking down the street playing like in a movie. Oh my god! When we went down there, it really was like what. It was so, so crazy, cool. like a big band yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. I think that the history and the architecture of New Orleans is so fascinating. It really I, is like, cool. It's just like, oh, something out of like a story or yeah, like a movie or something. It feels like it shouldn't be real, but it's, it is. What's it like to live there as like a local? I can't even imagine. Yeah, it, it's probably, I don't know. It's right? Interesting. Right. Definitely interesting. Um, And also, I don't know, the vibe there is. I mean, I'm saying all this as a tourist, obviously. Yeah. But like the history is very uh, crazy. Yes. Because <laughs> there's so many different groups like and cultures there as yeah. well that kind of have created a sort of a New Orleans culture. Yeah, exactly. But then it's also like there's a lot of like, you know, dark underbelly stuff. Yes. Like, definitely. It was a huge like place for the slave trade. Mm-hmm. So there's like all that terrible yeah. nonsense. And then there's like. You know, also like a lot of um, everything kind is of intense. witchy stuff yeah. too, which is some of it's pretty fun. New Orleans and cool. did not do anything halfway, but yeah, a lot of it feels <laughs> very intense. They're like, we did slavery, we did crazy loss of slavery. They're like, we did voodoo, we do dark, scary voodoo. We we do all of the things a lot. <laughs> They're like, we paint our houses, we paint them very bright colors, and you're like, okay, oh my god, this is scary. We will have all of the drinks. <laughs> Seriously, they're like, alcohol? How about just and all never ending alcohol? And ghosts everywhere. Ghosts everywhere. I went on a ghost tour. Oh, yeah? It was fun, yeah. In New Orleans? That sounds really cool. People act- actually, on one of the spots, they were like, some people think that the ghost of Jean Lafitte is here. Ah! 
And I thought of you because I knew you liked this book. Yes. And Jean Lafitte, spoiler, not spoiler, because we're about to talk about the book. Jean Lafitte is a sexy undead pirate in this book. He is, yeah. And oh my God, I love him so much. I definitely like, it's definitely, this is one of those series where like there's multiple like hot dude characters and you can kind of like pick which one that you're like, yeah, you would, I would be compatible with you or I like you the most. Um, The... So, of course, the most impractical one, the undead pirate, is the one that I'm like, John. <laughs> but, okay, he's, like, written the sexiest for he sure. He is written the sexiest. Absolutely. There's something about him. Like, even I was mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, I'm feeling it. He's so roguish. I just kind of want him to be in, like, more of it because he's yeah. so sexy. <laughs> Don't worry. He's, he's so in the whole series. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> the series is so good. So I apologize in advance if when I do the summary, I keep getting like sidetracked or not sure if I'm saying stuff from the right book because I love this series so much I couldn't stop after I read this I then read the next two books so now my brain is very like oh no what happened in this book <laughs> um it's set right it begins right before Katrina so yeah right before I was shocked yeah I didn't realize it happened like during Katrina so mm-hmm. I was like what we're gonna have yeah. to deal with all this do you remember Katrina yeah I vaguely I have a very um, bad memory right, of right, right, childhood, right. so I don't really remember that much. I remember it. I remember it being this huge tragedy. That's yeah. pretty much my memory of it. Mm-hmm. I yeah. remember like not a lot of it, but I do remember that it was a big deal. And I remember watching the hurricane mm-hmm. um, like radar, radar thing in yeah. my classroom Ugh. like that week because everyone had suddenly been talking about it. Like, oh, yeah. there's this huge hurricane coming. Yeah. And so we were all like huddled around my teacher's computer watching the like little yeah. radar thing and she was like this is gonna be bad oh my God. <laughs> and uh but Oof. then i mean we didn't know obviously the bad part really came with the when everything broke after yeah. so afterwards yeah pretty crazy it is crazy yeah Before and also get... i had a friend named katrina and everyone um, oh no was that's a afterwards. huge bummer <laughs> Oh, that's so sad. I know. She was like, man. Yeah. <laughs> oh, when this episode comes out, Mardi Gras will have been last week. So hope yes. you guys had a good time. And now it's time to deprive yourself because that is the tradition. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it's supposed to be at Mardi Gras. Like the season of Mardi Gras is like, I think like December until Ash Wednesday, I think. I think that's like the season of Mardi Gras. Uh-huh. And then, of course, Mardi Gras, the actual day is yeah. the day before Ash Wednesday, I think. I don't know all that much about it. but Yeah, I don't remember when the actual... But yeah, basically yeah. that's it because it's all about um, mm-hmm. having fun. It's about having fun. Before Lent. Yeah. And um, we accidentally picked two books that were like mississippi river new orleans stuff like right around mardi <laughs> gras did. it was fortuitous i didn't know because i was just i was ordering ordering groceries um and i saw that they had some king cakes and uh i have never tried one and i was like i have to try that this year and then i was like hang on wait does that mean mardi gras is like now and then yes it is like now so yeah. i guess now it was like last week but hopefully you guys had fun I have a friend who's from New Orleans and uh, she was back home with her family this week because Mm -hmm. of Mardi Gras. Uh And um, she like she was saying, like posting all these um, snaps of Mm -hmm. uh, 
parades and all that. Oh, and her fun. little sister got to do some kind of like Mardi Gras thing where she was like, it was also her birthday. And she Aww. had this, you know, all the Mardi Gras colors on yeah. and like this huge dress. And it was like Mardi Gras princess. Aww, and it was so cute. That's adorable. And uh, yeah, they were all super into it. And I was like, yeah, I bet it would be fun to like yeah. be from New Orleans. Yeah. One time I went to a Mardi Gras parade in San Antonio. It was on the Riverwalk. Oh, I bet that's cool. On it the was walk. really fun. It was like all these boats were going by. I've never done anything for Mardi Gras, but I really want to. Um, I feel like that's another reason why, to me, like New Orleans seems like a different country. Is because like they have this huge holiday. It's like their own holiday almost. Yeah, that's like <laughs> largely not celebrated elsewhere. I mean, some people here and there, but yeah. like it's not like a nationwide, you know, holiday. But it's like, you know, everywhere like shuts down for Mardi Gras. Yeah. Yeah, except for probably places to buy alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's just wild. I really, really, this just, every time I read the series, it makes me want to go to New Orleans because I want to see go. like all the, let's do it. We can go see all the historical places. Absolutely. I want to try a hurricane, but I don't think I want to try one there. I just at some point want to try a hurricane. <laughs> well, we can at least do beignets. Oh, <laughs> yes, please. Delicious. Oh, my God. I've had beignets once because I think my father went to New Orleans and he brought back like the Cafe du Monde, like beignet, like the baking. mix. Yeah, the mix. Yeah. My God. So I was like, good. I did not know food could taste like this. this is it amazing. is so good. Yeah. I mean, is anything better than powdered sugar? No, absolutely <laughs> not. This book is also how I learned about what po' boys were, the sandwich. I Ooh. somehow had just never, you know, like learned about them. And I discovered upon that, like now I get them whenever I see them and they're so good. So mm-hmm. I was like, I have to credit that to this book. A lot of things like also Cheetos, like Cheetos. I really didn't eat Cheetos growing up. I wasn't allowed to really. Um, and then I was like, I think in college when I read this, so she was eating Cheetos and I was like, oh, I'm going to try some Cheetos, I guess. And then I was like, hang the F on. These That's are so amazing. Funny. I like that because you're like all these like, you know, traditional, like more like Bayou foods. And then you're like, and Cheetos. And Cheetos, which is not a New Orleans thing. It's just like a normal person thing. <laughs> it's kind of like, you know how like different like books you read at like different stages of uh-huh. your life and like they just influence you in like the weirdest little yeah. ways. This was one of those. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, I was just like, I got to try Cheetos. I think I also tried like Diet Coke or something because of this book. <laughs> and I, I don't know why. DJ I just does waited. not eat very well. <laughs> she eats horribly. And that's part of the joke. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, Spoons pointed out to me that um, if you haven't, if you didn't know, I published a book um, last year called Space Alien Southerners and Saving the World. <laughs> and if you like the dynamic of the main characters in uh in the Royal Street book. You will like that dynamic because it's, like it's an identical similar. dynamic. I didn't even realize <laughs> because I read this in college and I just wrote that book last year. I didn't even like think about it. I guess it's it's a dynamic I really enjoy. I mean, um, it's very cute. It's super cute. It's that like, a, it's not really like enemies to lovers dynamic, but it's, there's like Yeah, a, more like, uh, I guess we have to work together. Yeah, kinda. I guess we have to work together and like there's like maybe a little bit of like sexual tension. Yeah, exactly. But you're like, I don't know if you're hotter than I find you annoying. That kind of dynamic, which I just love for some reason. Um, <laughs> maybe you're hot and I find you annoying. Oh, I know. <laughs> I love that. Well, I love that moment of realization. <laughs> um, but yeah, so if you guys like that dynamic, apparently it is in my book. I didn't even... You think I, the author, would have recognized it first, but she was like, hey, so I have like this um, observation and I don't want you to like be offended by it. And I was like, no, you are absolutely right. So that was kind of funny. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I I do. I do feel that way. Yeah. They reminded me of each other. 
So yeah, y'all go read. Ash's that made book. me happy. I was like, cool. They can like the my character's dynamic is like this one because I so enjoyed this crossover one. crossover. <laughs> oh my god, that'd be so fun. My book has aliens, and this has like a supernatural. Creatures. I think that would work. I think it could work actually too. I don't think once I you think open the, one door, you yeah, know. the tone is not entirely dissimilar either. It's kind of snarky. It's yeah. like first person kind of snarky, uh, independent chick, hot you know dudes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, not that this is like a hot dudes book, but <laughs> I feel like is I just this made not it, a hot dudes book. <laughs> I mean, it is, but I I don't want to make it sound like it's like a romance because it's definitely <laughs> not a romance, and it's also not um it's not spicy. It's not no, a spicy book not, at all. It's really not. The whole series isn't spicy. I thought it was going to be spicy a yeah, little bit. Yeah, it always like, it's like she walks along the line of you're like, oh, it's going to be a spicy book. And it's never a spicy book. There was book. really like almost nothing in it. I know. But <laughs> at the same time, there's all the like tension yeah. and all the different hot dudes in all these totally different ways. <laughs> so it's like totally my kind of book. Her little hair. I don't. <laughs> kind of. Yeah. I don't like spicy books, really. It's just not my thing. So this is exactly the kind of book that I want. And unlike some other books where it's just like, there's hot dudes for the sake of hot dudes. And they're all kind of like one dimensional. Like, and I did say like, like Tiger's Curse, because like the brothers in that are virtually identical, I think. And they're hot in all the same ways. And their personalities are actually fairly similar. They're not that different. This book is is every hot dude character is hot in completely different ways than the rest. <laughs> and they have totally different personalities. And I think there's like two more kind of hot dudes that join the story in the rest of the series. And it's the same. They are, I have never seen this many hot dudes who have nothing in common. <laughs> I love calling them the hot dudes. When we they talk are. about the plot, let's introduce them as hot dude one. Hot, hot dude, dude number two. one, hot dude two. Yeah, we should absolutely It's do like it. in Spider-Man. They're like, wait, are you Spider-Man one? Or, <laughs> or Peter one or Peter, Peter two? Peter one two. Uh, wait, I thought I, thought I, I thought was, I was Peter one. <laughs> <laughs> Peter three, <laughs> so good. Oh, it's so funny. I'd like that movie a lot. You me too. Yeah, I'm gonna use that audio and make a TikTok for this. <laughs> oh my god, you should absolutely hot dude three. <laughs> you should totally do that. Okay, I have to write it down. Oh, please do. This will be so exciting. But it is, it is funny because they're all personality wise have almost nothing in common um and then visually also they all look so different and they're all have totally different backgrounds it was the most i think this is why i didn't have like a oh it's like kind of like cheap writing which i sometimes have that reaction i enjoy like the multiple hot dudes scenario it's fun especially when it's not a (laughs) i like it when it's not a spicy book because you need more tension and what ifs when it's like to keep like yourself like interested in the potential (laughs) romance if there's not the spicy book so I think that's why I like having like the multiple like love interests. Oh yeah, I didn't care at all. I was like, let's bring them all in. <laughs> why not? Yeah, <laughs> it's so funny. Um, yeah. Also, there's the cat Sebastian in this. Oh, I who love is this Sebastian. like really grumpy Siamese cat who just is like angry with crossed eyes. And Lily is part Siamese. Um, the cat I've had since childhood. She lives with my mom now because she hates my kittens because she has turned oh, she- into. <laughs> Sorry, Kendall's trying to tear down the recording <laughs> just a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> but. Um, um, Lily is extremely grumpy these days. And so every time DJ, the main character, her name is uh, Drusilla Jane Jaco. Um, but every time she talks about Sebastian, the Siamese cat who hates her and like is angry and has crossed eyes, I'm like, Lily. I just, I envision Lily now because she's just become a total grump. <laughs> Definitely. And her eyes Lily. are crossed and she'll just like 
glare at you with crossed eyes and you're like it doesn't have the same impact you think it does lily (laughs) (laughs) poor lily eyes crossed yeah like i held her like a baby the other day and she actually let me because i used to only like flip her upside down and hold her like a baby and it was just totally normal and fine but she's been so angry with me for like the last two years since i got kittens and that's why she now lives with my mom she's always been with other cats too so i thought she'd be fine no she enjoyed being the only cat and she did not want to give that up. Yes. So now, though, I think she's kind of lonely since Shaylee passed away, the dog. Poor Lily. Yeah. So my mom was like, the other day, she's like, should I get like a puppy, like a tiny, like a small dog? And I was like, um, yes. Absolutely. A hundred percent. She was like, what about like a King Charles Spaniel? Which <gasps> I knew nothing about. But King Charles Spaniels are my favorite dog. Are they really? Oh, my they God. They just look okay. so cute. I will tell. I will tell mom. Apparently, my mom's coworker, um, they've always had them and they got a new puppy and it's. <gasps> Yeah, his name is Tucker. Tucker! Tucker, which I knew you would like. And oh he's just like God. a little cuddly potato. Like, he just wants to snuggle. And he's so little. And my mom sent me a picture of her holding this dog in the office. And she was like, I, I think I actually think I, I need one of these. And I was like, oh, I think you do, too. Oh, my God, she does. And she's like, but dogs are a lot of work. And I'm like, yeah, but this dog is so small. You could literally just bring him over to me if you need to like go somewhere like yeah it wouldn't be like having shaley yeah ginormous enormous like if he needs to go to the vet you just get in the car and take him (laughs) to the vet unlike shaley who it's like oh it was rough shaley is hard because she's so big everything was like like it's like having a dog on steroids (laughs) yes (laughs) like every dog issue that could come up was like way worse, worse with because Shaley. she was like a million times bigger yeah poor sweet Shaylee I know and mm. now Lily's like kind of lonely um but my mom is gonna go watch my niece while my sister goes to some conference um so Lily's gonna have to come stay over here and we're gonna get to see lots of that Sebastian energy because she hates <laughs> the kittens but I'm also like what's worse to be lonely or to be with my kittens I don't know we're gonna find out <laughs> she's probably like never ever gonna forgive me after this she just now got yeah over this it might enough. be the last straw for lily <laughs> she's such a grump now it's so funny she growls all the time oh my she's god a now, which is so lily funny. not at my mom but just sometimes at me because she's not she's holds grudges now too Aww. like her mother emma the dark side is coming out <laughs> yeah <laughs> Anyways, those are my observations about this book in real life. Oh, I like it. Yeah. Uh, should I do um, the yes. little bio? Tell okay. us about Suzanne Johnson. Okay, well, Suzanne Johnson's birthday is, I don't know. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you lied with such confidence. <laughs> I know. Maybe our pot astrologist will find it. Yeah, pot astrologist. Um, anyway, but... Sorry. <laughs> okay, so Suzanne was born and raised in Auburn, Alabama. Cool. But, I was also born in Alabama. Aha, uh-huh, Alabama girlies. <laughs> Sweet home, Alabama. Alabama. Yes. Um, but she also lives in New Orleans. Awesome. And you can tell. Yes. <laughs> she's very, like, she names every place, like, very specifically. She knows what she's talking about. Yeah, 100%. And she's also lived in Houston and in Illinois, I believe, and a little bit in California. She's lived wow, a lot of places. She has. She always wanted to be a writer. And she, when she got older, she became a uh, journalist And she was also working for a lot of universities and writing higher education nonfiction. And she also worked as an editor of Auburn University's uh, quarterly magazine. Mm. And so she's doing all this like journalism kind of Uh more technical writing. And then she quit to be like a full time writer and she started Mm -hmm. writing books. Nice. Royal Street was published in 2012. Uh, and that's the first of the Sentinels, Sentinels of, of New, New Orleans. Orleans series. 
She also writes short stories and novellas under a pseudonym, Ooh. Susanna Sandlin. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. Why? I have to look that up. Uh, Susanna Sandlin has, is apparently also very prolific. <laughs> she has like a bunch of like um, awards and stuff, and she writes a lot under that pseudonym as far as I can tell. Wow. Um, she has like a vampire series, like a lot oh, of like romance of series, yeah. you know. Um, so that's fun. I love that for her. And then she also just um, released a new series back in like 2020 called Jackson Square. Interesting. So I'm wondering what that's about. Yeah, seriously. She it seems like she has a lot of different series, like in a lot of different genres. Mm-hmm. And she's a part of like a lot of different kind of romance and like um, adult kind of fantasy. Uh-huh. Um, like groups yeah <laughs> so i think that she's pretty well known in like mm-hmm. that kind of circle so i'm gonna yeah. ask emily about her because i know that emily reads that all the time so yeah. she must have either read Susanna or or um, suzanne <laughs> yes yeah that's funny um yeah this is really uh this was like i think probably the first like a new adult book that i read because i think dj is like 25 mm-hmm. so it's like new adult getting into adult because the second book actually picks up three years later which i would consider adult fiction mm-hmm. at that point but it has all the fun and energy of a young adult new adult uh-huh. series which is why i love it so much but you can still relate to it it's not like only 16 year olds get to have fun you're like hey i can have fun too yeah dj's having fun yeah, well sort of time, but well <laughs> there's a lot of hot dudes so it's not there's all a lot of hot dudes good for her oh man I what I like so much about these hot dudes is that (laughs) (laughs) it's not even the hotness, but because they're so three dimensional, they're so dynamic and interesting and also infuriating in all of these different ways. I just find them so fascinating. Like even if they weren't hot, I would be like deeply intrigued. Oh, yeah. And it's just icing on the cake that they're hot. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. I love it so much. Suzanne just cared enough about us to make them hot. She did. (laughs) That's really what it was. Yeah. Okay, to get you guys started, I'm actually going to give you my favorite quote because it also happens to be the first two paragraphs of the book. This is like, this is the humor of the whole book. And also like, this is really just the whole, here's the vibe. Here's the summary of the vibes for here's the whole the book. Here's the vibe. <laughs> A, okay, real quick. How do you say Louisiana? Is it Louisiana or like Louisiana? Because I've gone back and forth my whole well, life. I say Louisiana, but Louisiana. I think that if you're from there, you might say, say Louisiana. Louisiana. I don't actually know. I have gone back and forth so much that now I my brain can't pick one. So if you hear me pronounce it both ways, I'm sorry. I, it just sometimes slips out as one or the other, and I no longer have control. I don't know. You know that song, Mississippi Woman, Louisiana Man? Or is it Louisiana Man, Mississippi Woman? I don't know. Anyway, it's about... Either a Louisiana man or a Louisiana wo- woman, uh-huh. and vice versa, and they're in love and they um, cross the river all the time to Aww, hook up. <laughs> to <laughs> you hook should up. listen to that song. That's funny. I think I also because I listen to like a lot of um like seventies rock and a lot of it, it when they say they talk about Louisiana and they they did again they say Louisiana in the song mm. so that's probably why my brain is like it's Louisiana and then I'm like it's Louisiana I feel like it's phony for me to say Louisiana when I'm not from there <laughs> but if I it happens either I'm sorry. way it's fine yeah anyways so here we go 
A secluded Louisiana bayou, a sexy pirate, seduction and deceit. My Friday afternoon had the makings of a great romantic adventure, at least in theory. In practice, angry mosquitoes were using me for target practice, humidity had ruined any prayer of a good day, of a good hair day, and the pirate in question, the infamous Jean Lafitte, was 200 years old, armed, and carrying a six-pack of Paradise condoms and assorted fruit flavors. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Yeah, it was really good. She got me right from the hook right there. From the, the whole first chapter is just, it's, it's witty, I mean, it's funny, it's irreverent, it's sexy. <laughs> I dare okay. anyone to read like the, that paragraph and not be like, I'm interested. <laughs> you have to keep reading. Uh, anyway, so that's how that's how it starts. And that is my favorite quote. So when we get to later, I already read it. Um, but so basically we start at DJ Jaco, Drusilla Jane um, Jaco is like a kind of apprentice sentinel of the supernatural creatures uh, that live in the beyond, uh, which is basically like the other realm of well so new orleans specifically in this area so um basically uh sometimes these supernatural creatures like the historical undead which is what jean lafitte the pirate is will slip through there's also you know like uh, fairies elves vampires um other totally weird random stuff werewolves did i say that already loop guru Mm. which is a specific type of like rogue werewolf ghosts um, anyways, so for the historical undead, basically, their, their strength depends on how well they're remembered. And of course, Jean Lafitte is very famous in New Orleans, so he's not going anywhere. Uh, and he's definitely kept up his uh, <laughs> privateer ways. <laughs> <laughs> he uh, is still trying to, like, run cons all the time. Uh-huh. And he's been trying to get um, DJ's boss, Jerry... Saint Simon, who basically kind of raised her, so she's a, also she's a wizard. I don't know if I said that. They're both <laughs> wizards. Where well, there's so much, you guys. To this <laughs> there's story. a lot of world building here. There's a lot of world building. She's a Green Congress wizard, so she uses like um, herbs and potions and stuff like that. And uh, Gerald Saint Simon is a Red Congress wizard, so he uses a lot of physical magic. And he's uh, she's an, an apprentice under him, and he's kind of a father figure to her because her family kind of just bailed on her when she was little. They were like, "We don't know what to do with a six-year-old magical powers." Um, Jerry, you can raise her. Yeah. Uh, so that's how it's been going. And she's been an apprentice for a while, and he sent her on this mission. Which was basically to send Jean Lafitte back to the beyond. Because you, can, you can't you can actually kill the historical undead, but you can, you know, quote unquote kill them and they'll go back to the beyond until they have enough strength to come back again. Um, and so she basically, like, acts like she's going to seduce him. And he's like, hell yes. And he's <laughs> and uh, also acts like she's going to agree to, like, uh, basically, like, work out, like, a business deal with him. Like, because he's been trying to, with Jerry forever, be like come on, if you just let me smuggle some stuff back and forth between here and the beyond, like, I can cut you in. Yeah. And Jerry's been like, no, and then zaps him back to the beyond. <laughs> yes. Uh, so basically, uh, that's what happens again, uh, DJ, except with more sexiness. Because <laughs> right. Yeah. Because he's hot. Because he's hot, and he's like, hello, I like your And skirt. she's an empath. And she's an empath, yeah. And so yeah. she's picking up on his all his lusty thoughts. Yeah, exactly. Which is really interesting, um, like, thing that her character has that I've never really seen done like this before. So her, um, she has like some elf, like some elven um, blood in her, like way back down the line. So she has some abilities that are not really wizard abilities. They're more of an elven thing and it's pretty uncommon. So she's yet an empath. um, So she absorbs other people's emotions and she carries this little like mojo bag with her that helps her kind of block them out so she can, you know, exist. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So then she goes and she's hanging out with Jerry and he's like, hey, you need to get out of town. They're predicting some like some hurricane to come through. And of course... 
she's she a basically a local and him they're like have seen a bunch of hurricanes and they always predict that these hurricanes are gonna like be catastrophic and they never are and so she's like he doesn't have like some like stupid like wussy name like you know like cat like i don't remember like they said a bunch like cassie or something it was like oh yeah katrina and so and you're like oh oh, no reading it knowing what happened you're like no my god get out get out get out um so she does agree because there's basically you can't have both sentinels in the area if there were a catastrophe because then there'd be no sentinels left um so he goes back to his place she goes to see her grandma out in um alabama yeah in alabama in alabama um yeah and then katrina happens and while it's bad, Katrina itself was not what destroyed New Orleans. All the like levees and that kept water back all broke and the whole city flooded. And it's bad. Everything is destroyed. People are dead. People are missing. And she can't get a hold of Jerry. So not great. Um, so she basically like kind of like the elders call her. The elders are like, uh, what she calls, she calls them the big poobahs is how she describes them of the wizarding world of the, like the magic world or whatever. And the sentinels are, so wizards are all sentinels pretty much. Uh, I'm assuming sentinels are all wizards and they're in charge of regulating the barrier between the preternatural, which is, you know, like all the supernatural stuff in the beyond and the world that we know. And so, um, with Katrina, all those barriers also broke down. So the supernatural are flooding into New Orleans and Jerry St. Simon is now missing. So the elders call her and they're like, you have to get back to New Orleans now. And she's like, their borders are still closed. Like the road borders, they're not letting people in. So she has to sneak her way in and they're like, you have to find Jerry St. Simon. And also you need to try and like send these creatures back to the beyond while you're at it. So no pressure. And so she, she gets back to her house, which is adorable and described in great detail um just goes to show like i love all the architecture this is probably what made me really fascinated with new orleans this is probably where it started because she describes everything in so much detail um and then who is in her home but jean lafitte <laughs> he's like hey there i came back so uh, we have some unfinished business and i'm going to shoot you <laughs> <laughs> i will be killing you now. i will be killing you now so it's really great like it's a whole chapter of like um, it's like a home aloneing kind of yeah. running around get trying to not get killed yeah exactly she has to be really creative because she's green green congress wizard so she doesn't have like really like fighting abilities at all um and it's awesome every time she writes like a fight scene of any kind in the series i think it's so well done it's so interesting um so then he gets the upper hand she gets the upper hand and back and forth a couple times um it's very much you're not really sure what's gonna happen or who's gonna win she's um he's blown out she's mad too because he keeps destroying her house which is like really old and she's like you finally he like shoots out one of her stained glass windows and she's like loses it she's like you did not just destroy that (laughs) i know um and she's like all cut up from the glass and being in the fight and stuff and then somebody bursts in the door it's sexy, sexy Alex Warren, a.k.a. the Tony from my book. <laughs> He's an enforcer, which is kind of like a special agent. Like he works for a division of the FBI that's super secret that deals with all this stuff. But he also works for the elders as an enforcer, which basically means um, a hired assassin kind of. Can I say something? Yes. I was picturing Alex as um, what's his name from Ben 10? Oh my god, you're totally right. Yeah. You're totally Ke- Kevin? Kevin? Is that it? Yeah. I think it's Kevin. Yeah. 
Yeah. He always wears the like the black pants and the black mm-hmm. shirt and he's got the dark hair because that is that is Alex and he's like really big. He's yeah. Like, very to tall me dude. that's what he looks like. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he saves her by shooting Jean Lafitte back into the beyond and um, things don't go smooth. Like he right off the bat is like I am an asshole and we have to be teammates now. And she's like <laughs> help freaking no and he's like mm, sucks to suck you don't have a choice so he's like also i think that your uh, supervisor jerry was a traitor so they've got that going too because <laughs> she's like that man who raised me how dare you so they kind of agree to like uh, okay we'll work together uh, grudgingly so they agree to like kind of a tentative type truce um and they have to go look for jerry so they go check out his home um, but to do so, because it's still underwater, they have to borrow a boat. And so he calls his cousin, who owns a bar called The Gator in New Orleans. And this is where how we meet Jake Warren. Jake, Jake Warren. Warren. Mm-hmm. I love Jake. I know you do. I knew. I knew. <laughs> she walked in and she's like, guess who is my favorite? And I was like, Jake. <laughs> it's because he's the boring one. He's not boring. No, Jake is not boring at all. Okay, he, like, good. He served in Afghanistan and he came home wounded. So he's got like this leg injury that hasn't healed. But he is just like he's such a He's very laid sweet, back yeah, and like Ray kinda, of sunshine kind of dude. Yeah, he's, a little, he's the sunshiny one. He's the sunshiny one. He's still super tough. Um, yeah. And he also kind of likes to pick on his cousin because Alex is so like everything is black and white, very straight laced. Do not stray from protocol. And Jake is kind of like, you know, what would be fun if we did stray from protocol. <laughs> How about he also is not magical and does not know. He does not anything, know anything about the magic, which world. I think is cute. It is adorable. <laughs> he has no idea. He's just trying to be helpful. And he right away is like, OK, so DJ's hot. And yeah. I think I want to ask her out. And he's like, are you and my cousin dating? And she's like. No, and then Alex is like, yes, yes, we are dating. That is my girlfriend. <laughs> and Jake's like, kind of feels like maybe maybe that's not real. So yeah, he's Jake's like, like uh. so you want to go to dinner? And she's like, yeah. And they just like, just don't mention Alex at all, <laughs> which is brave. Uh, anyway, so they use his boat to go check out Jerry's house. And obviously no sign of Jerry. Um, they really can't figure out where he went or why, because even if he was dead, they should be able to find him and the elders could track like any wizard. So it's all very mysterious, and Alex kind of thinks that, like, that Jerry was up to no good because he had issues with the elders before. Like, he felt like the barriers should have been let down. Like, there should have been, like, very few restrictions so that people, like, the preternatural peeps could, like, come into the normal world. So that's been an ongoing stress with him and the elders. Uh, so Alex thinks that something to do with that. Um, DJ has a really hard time accepting that possibility, but finally she's like, okay, I still don't think it's that, but I agree that we have to investigate every angle. So that's happening. They're also kind of going around the city and um, trying to send back preets, which is what they call preternaturals, um, to the beyond. I'm trying to remember, like, what happens between now and then. There's a lot of them, like, investigating things and yeah. trying to figure stuff out. I realized after, like, the third book in the series, I'm like, this really kind of reads like a detective-almost-ish story. Yeah, because I don't like, know what's going on, and there's, like... yeah. The clues, but the did he mention the graffiti? No, yeah. So there's graffiti. So um, this like weird symbol's been showing up outside like the homes of people who are missing or dead, wizards specifically. Um, and so they have to investigate, you know, what that is. And there's no internet. There's also this. This is all happening in just barely post Katrina, New Orleans. So there's no electricity. There's like no like clean water for a while. So they're really trying to like make do, and like they don't have the internet. So they're using um, like books and stuff. So the whole investigation is going a lot slower 
than it would have to if they, you know, weren't, it wasn't post-Katrina New Orleans. Um, so they, basically, she figures out, like, this symbol is, she thought it was, like, a voodoo thing, so she called, like, she, so she summoned from the beyond Marie Laveau, who is, like, you know, if you know much about New Orleans, I don't even know if I'm saying her last name correctly, but I definitely know who she is. She was this, like, voodoo priestess in, like, what year? It was a long, long time ago, but she was, like, she's still, like, very, very well known in New Orleans. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so she summons her, and she's, like, is it you? And she's like, no. And she's like, do you know who it is? And she's like, yes. But that's about as far as it gets. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. GJ does finally figure out this, what the symbol is. It's a symbol for the this god of death, Baron Samedi, I believe. So she's like, uh-oh, that's not good. There's a lot of them investigating things. Oh, did you mention Gandalf the dog? Oh, no, it's so good. Okay, so basically Alex is like, DJ, I need a place to stay. And she's like, you can't stay here. I refuse. And he's like, fine, I'll go stay at the other bedroom at um at Jake's place at the bar because he lives above the bar. Also, I love it when people live above their businesses. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's so convenient. So she thinks he's doing that. And then while he's staying, quote unquote, staying over at Jake's, all of a sudden this like dog kind of like appears on her back door and then refuses to go away. And he's he lo- in my head, he looks like a giant golden retriever. Yes, <laughs> yeah. yes. So he's like a huge golden retriever and he's so like goofy and dopey and cute. And she's like, fine, I guess. And she names him Gandalf. Um, and then come to find out later, um, it is not a dog. It is alex warren He's a i was so mad at him how embarrassing <laughs> so embarrassing and she'd been like talking to gandalf about yeah. stuff and like she went to go search through like this like uh, makeshift morgue because she was like what if jerry's dead like i hadn't really thought about that so she needs to go and she runs into a yellow congress wizard there and basically she doesn't tell alex because she knows that he would stop her and so she just takes gandalf the dog with her and yeah, so anyways, basically he knows I know. what she's up to. I was like, oh, freaking Alex. The I'd worst. be so mad. And she's like, I liked you so much better as a dog. Yeah, because <laughs> she like, was we like, I did. like having a dog. And I'm yeah. like, I wanted her to have a dog. I know. <laughs> no, she's just got Alex Warren. And Sebastian. Uh, and Sebastian, Gerald St. Simon's cat. So she saved him from the house after. Yeah. And the cat loves Alex yeah. and hates her. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty funny. <laughs> Which is super funny, yeah. Oh, there's also, have you mentioned Louie? Oh, no, yeah. So she enlists somebody from the beyond to kind of, like, be a spy and just, like, let her know if he hears anything about, um, you know, wizards being killed or something. Um, and it's Louis Armstrong. It's the, <laughs> it's the, like, undead, historical undead yes. Louis Armstrong. I was so excited. He's so chill and fun. And so they tell everyone he's just, like, an impersonator or whatever. And so he performs at the Gator and he stays in the other room there. But he's awesome. Yeah, he's great. Yeah, he's great. Uh, he comes back a little bit later in the series, Yay! too. Yeah, we love him. He's darling. Yeah, so Alex is a shape-shifting dog. <laughs> <laughs> so jot that down. <laughs> jot that down. There is the elven staff, which I'm going to mention because oh, if you read yeah. the series, this comes in later quite a bit. So because of her elven heritage, basically, they're, when they're clearing out Jerry's house, she finds this staff and it like sparks when she touches it as if she were a red congress which it's like physical magic that she wouldn't really be able to do um and magic can be really draining but with the staff it's not and so um yeah so that that's cool and basically the elders are like it's an it's an elven wand and the elves want it back and uh so she's supposed to meet with the elves at some point but what's cool about this like magical staff is like it follows her like a puppy from room to room because it like chooses its owner it's pretty cute yeah and so for whatever reason because of her like elven ancestry it, it chose her 
And she learned about this from these journals that she got. So they've been invest- investigating too because they took all of Jerry's journals that he had that he'd been writing stuff down in. And in one of them, he says something about like, uh, I can do, I can't use it, but maybe the child can. And then is like a huge like bomb that drops. Um, she's reading and oh my God, she's reading in one of these journals and he basically sa- says something about a, uh, DJ being my daughter and she's like oh he thought of me as his daughter and I'm like no girl he didn't think of you as his daughter you are and then she yeah and then I forget she calls I think her she calls her grandma who's like go talk to your dad quote unquote dad so she calls her quote unquote dad the guy she thought was her dad and he's like yeah Jerry was your father and it's like all crazy it's huge bomb that drops and she's been having dreams about jerry about where he is it's like the only contact she's had and it turns out that's another elf thing and she got that because jerry also had elven blood and her mom who was a wizard had elven blood so she that's why she has so much of that is because both sides of her family had it and her mom gave up magic and passed away when she was little so she was secretly raised by her father but didn't know and so now she's kind of furious because she was able to like like kind of like scry into the past and see that Jerry had left um, his house during like the Katrina floods, like through one of like the magical transports with Baron Samedi. And it was, it was totally intentional. There was, yeah, it was not coerced. They were on the same team. And so she's like, well, Jerry is trying to basically bring down the barriers and doesn't care who gets hurt and is teaming up with the God of death to do it. So it's not a good look for Jerry. Not a good look. And now she's like so torn because she's like this whole my whole life. I thought I was rejected. But really, my father did want me and wanted me so much that I got to go stay with him um, and like was raised by him and just didn't know. But then she's also like, my father is so shitty. (laughs) Yeah. He he abandoned me to go do this thing and to like totally break every rule that he's ever taught me. So basically the elders, she tells all this to the elders and to Alex and the elders are like, well, we're going to take care of it. Just let us handle it. But like, they're so bureaucratic, like the red tape that they have to go through takes forever. So she's like, no, we're going to we're going to go into the beyond ourselves, which you're not supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And because um, it's very dangerous and wizard magic doesn't typically work there. But good for her. She's the elven staff, which works. So they go. Um, Alex goes with her. Jake has been kidnapped. Yeah, Jake gets kidnapped. Jake gets kidnapped by Baron Samedi. Uh-huh. Um, so. Because I think she had, so she tried to summon Jerry from the beyond and Baron Samedi showed up instead. And he's like, we have Jake. Ha ha ha. If you want him back, you're going to come down to the, yep, down to the beyond. Um, And so they do. Jake is there, held hostage. Jerry is there, like totally like entranced by Baron Samedi. Um, Alex is there as Gandalf. Louis Armstrong. Yeah, Louis comes too. And then he's like, I'm going to ski daddle on out of here. And they're like, yeah, thanks, Louis. <laughs> they're like, love Louis so much. Uh, Jean Lafitte is there, but they don't know whose side he's on. She tried to like go make a truce with him uh, before they went to the beyond. And it's unclear whether or not that really stuck. We think initially when they get to the beyond, like he's betraying them again. Right, right. Yeah. That's what it looks like. It definitely looks like he's betraying them again. But it turns out that he's not. He's I not. Love Sean. He's on her side. He's on her. The hot pirate's on her side. God, isn't that all you could ever want? It really is. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so uh, they get into it with Baron Samedi. She is has horrible aim with the elven wand, but she still manages to manages to beat him in the fight. But not before Baron Samedi's followers, including some like rogue loop guru, which are I don't know if I'm saying that correctly, 
Um, they're like werewolves and if they bite you you turn into one of them also and it's really painful and they're like they can't control their like bloodlust basically so like they're not normal shapeshifters or werewolves and they bite Jake uh, and Jerry is killed basically in the process um, so they all manage to get out of there Jake is like taken away for treatment obviously he now knows about the magical world <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, also uh, he and DJ had very obviously professed feelings for each other at this point in the story. So it's heartbreaking for that reason, too. Um, and then, yeah, so Jerry is dead. Her father has died. R.I.P. She is now the sole sentinel of New Orleans. Way to go, girl. Yeah, seriously. And, <laughs> I mean, sorry uh, your dad had to die for it to happen, but. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that is that is book one in the Sentinels. Yay. Yay. I feel like I probably missed some stuff, but I, I think you pretty much got it. I was afraid if I went into more detail, I was going to start mixing in details from other books. Yeah, make it too crazy. <laughs> yeah, but the next book picks up three years later, which is really interesting. I'm um, excited for the second one. Dude, it is so freaking good. Oh my goodness. I accidentally took for our, for the book picture I usually post on Instagram, I accidentally took a picture of the second book instead of the first one. Oh. So now I have to do it all over again. <laughs> because I thought for some reason when I picture the series, I picture this cover of the second book of River Road. So I was dumb. And now I have to do it all over again. But yeah, that is Royal Street. One of my all-time favorite books. I really liked it. Mm-hmm. Jean Lafitte all the way. <laughs> all about him. I know this and I love you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think. Later in the series, there are some other really interesting characters. Um, I also like that a lot of the hot dudes are equal parts infuriating. And not like infuriating in like a sexy, but like infuriating in like a... A normal way. I would like really really be mad <laughs> i would yeah. not get along with these people away uh which i just, i like it it's i think it's fun but uh what was your favorite part of this book my favorite part i think was sort of towards the end when dj louie and alex in um they go to the beyond uh-huh i liked that, really that good. in the uh, descriptions and all that i like that part too and i liked jean lafitte being like I'm on your side, but like secretly and he was like being sexy about it. And I was like, oh, I think my favorite part is all of Jean Lafitte scenes. (laughs) Like every time I would like flip to like the next page and then like my eyes would catch like Lafitte somewhere on the page. I was like, yes, he's here. (laughs) He's here. My boy, Jean. Uh, So I think those are all my favorite parts. But I love the whole book so much. I actually really weirdly enjoy all the fight scenes and I don't typically because they're so hard to write well, Mm -hmm. but I think they're written so well. Yeah, she was good at it. She was super good at it. Actually, maybe my favorite is the um, when she gets into the fight with Jean at her house because like the home alone type fight. Oh yeah, was that really was a good. good scene too. Yeah, uh, and it still had like dialogue and stuff in it, which is I think what a lot of fight scenes lack. What about your least favorite part? I don't know. <laughs> All right, it's pretty good. It's pretty I didn't solid. really hate anything about it. I know uh, it's a pretty solid book. There's what about you? What is yours? Um. I mean, not for the writing of it, because I think it I think it makes sense for the book. But I, I hated that Jerry like so I hated that he never told DJ. Oh, yeah. OK, I guess I, I agree, because a lot of the Jerry stuff made me mad. Like mm-hmm. and I was mad that not only that he didn't tell her, but also I was like, of course, he's turning evil. Yeah, seriously. It, I feel like that happens all the time. Like the yeah. trusted mentor he turns really out went, to be evil. Yeah, he went to very much like the ends justify the means. And I always hate that turn. Yeah, it makes me mad. Oh, Jerry. Oh, Jerry. And he was British also. So I was like, what a waste. Oh, yeah. What a waste of a British man. <laughs> um, what about favorite quotes? I already obviously did mine, but. Uh, mine is also from like really close to the beginning. That first chapter is one of the strongest first chapters ever. 
And there are really funny, quippy moments throughout the book, but it's almost kind of like a lot of conversation. So you'd have to read like the whole yeah, conversation. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of funny. good quotes. Yeah, I'm sure good... I should have found a better one, but. I tried. I didn't. I was having such a good time reading it that I didn't stop to underline anything that I went, ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> well, mine is on page 16. Um, it's She's like kind of explaining the lore to us. Uh-huh. Uh, green Congress wizards were the geeks of the magical world. Hell on rituals and potions but always last to get picked for wizard dodgeball so to speak (laughs) i'd have to immobilize the vampire saw off his fangs and dissolve them in an herbal potion while muttering some obscure incantation we had no flair (laughs) (laughs) i was just like i like i like the writing so much it is super funny and all (laughs) wizard dodgeball cracks me up yeah even and in the rest of the series too you really get to see more of the wizards and like she really is consistent with the like the differences character like the different characteristics between the different types Uh uh-huh they are the green congress wizards really are the nerds yeah like there's a part in one of the other books where she's like telling she's like lying about something because she wants to get an answer from a yellow congress wizard and she's like just like posing a hypothetical question because you know like me and my other like green congress wizard friends were talking about and he's like yeah i i'm not surprised this is exactly what they talk about at every party (laughs) (laughs) because it's so nerdy (laughs) she's so consistent with all of the characters in all of the books. Like there's, and I, it's hard to find a plot hole. Like she's really very thorough. Yeah. <laughs> Which I think is also, I feel like she took all of the tropes that I like and she did them really, really well. And they're tropes that can seem really cheap. I feel like when they're not done well and she did them amazingly. And so I love it. Ugh, I love tropes. I know. <laughs> uh, what did we learn from this book? Hmm. Don't trust the sexy undead pirate, <laughs> but... It's still worth entertaining him. <laughs> you can have a little a sexy undead pirate as a treat. As, as, as a treat, <laughs> not as an everyday thing, just as a treat. Yeah, exactly. We learned if you are able, you should always try to evacuate. Yeah. I evacuate. was really like, oh Worst my God, please scenario, get out of here. You have inconvenienced yourself. Yeah. For a little it's just while. tough because not everybody can. I know. And she was saying some people were too poor to evacuate. And I was like, God, I didn't even think about that. That's yeah. Horrible. Like, I mean, you have to find a hotel or you have to get mm-hmm. food or gas. I mean, it's yeah, a lot. Yeah. You have to have a car. Yeah. Often, a like, car. You're going to get out. Like, yeah. So that is rough. It was really interesting to see this book written from someone who's so clearly like a New Orleans insider. Yeah. Because I feel like that's what a lot of other like New Orleans stuff kind of lacks that makes me feel like God, tourists must be really tested. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She she got the ins and outs. Yeah, she did. Yeah. Um, also, it is okay to have three hot guys <laughs> it is okay to have in your book. On deck. <laughs> on deck. Have three hot guys on deck. <laughs> You never know which one you're going to want to call up. <laughs> no, it's a bad advice. That's pick bad. One. That's bad. Really Don't bad do advice. that. Don't do it. Uh, do pick one. Uh, but you can get to know all the different ones first. <laughs> she definitely does. Uh, yeah, she's going it. She's making educated choices. She is making. Well, except for when it comes to Jean Lafitte. Yeah, that's true. He usually sweeps her off her feet a little bit. Yeah, he's definitely her weak spot. There's even other, like, hot dudes in the series, and she's was very rational about all of their, like, pros and cons, except for when it comes to Jean Lafitte. That's she's just, where like, I'm can't like, resist him. Yeah, like, I love Jake, but even I'm like, okay, but, but Jean, Jean Lafitte's Lafitte. gotta be endgame, right? Yeah, she definitely <laughs> wrote it to the point where this whole series also, everyone's like, 
oh my god dj stop it with your crush on jean lafitte stop crushing on him like even alice is like dude why do you have a thing for the undead stop having a thing for the undead part she's like i'm trying (laughs) and all of the readers are like yeah but it's really hard though because you have your like this is my like good choice that i would have to make probably if i was going to pick one of these dudes Uh um but then you're also like but jean lafitte equally i mean look at him (laughs) look at it he's got a french accent he's a sexy undead french pirate yeah pirate pirate he's like a bad boy with the heart of gold isn't that like the dream he like abandoned the evil guy to be good yeah to be good for dj <laughs> for dj and he calls her drusilla and, and jolie, jolie all the time uh and he later in the series he calls him because alex can shape just a new dog he calls him a petit chien or chien or whatever the word for dog is little dog <laughs> or he calls him uh monsieur monsieur chien like a mr dog too <laughs> That's cute. it's super funny because alex is like i freaking hate this guy <laughs> and uh he also like they just don't like each other at all yeah. and they'll get into like little tiffs and stuff but i'm always on sean's side in those arguments oh yeah and i'm like alex stop being a fuddy-duddy alex is kind of a fuddy-duddy he's an absolute fuddy-duddy. i mean he's okay but he's he's whatever <laughs> but <laughs> yeah then there's also in the next couple of books like there's some other really interesting characters like with really interesting stories there's like a it's just, the, I, I guarantee you, if you read it, the person she ends up with is not what you expect. What? Yeah, you're going to change your mind like a million times and at the end you're still going to be surprised. And I loved it and I was still totally cool with it. It was really, really good. Yeah, it's good. I, I want to see more of like the other kinds of... Um creatures yeah i almost said downworlders like it almost kind of feels like that honestly a lot of it felt to me like mortal instruments yeah um because of the world building urban fantasy stuff you know but yeah it's true i want to see like the elves and all the dude the elves become so big yeah you get to see the vampires more um you get the i think in the last book the fairy are like the fair are just all over Uh that one um and then of course there's like other random creatures in each book too yeah so yeah you really get to look at all sides of the magical universe okay cool so good (laughs) can you tell that i love this series (laughs) i can tell i'm like it's the only series i think that i've reread since we've been doing the pod because i don't really have time to do it i mean i do but i typically watch tv instead to give my eyes a break from words and Uh letters on pages uh but i don't care i'm doing it anyways and I'm also, like, I think slowly going blind. Like, I'm starting to, like, not go blind, but it's like, can you, like, develop dyslexia? <laughs> no, because I'm like, I letters are swimming. Like, literally, letters are rearranging themselves on the page. Oh, and I'm like, no. actually, reading Huckleberry Finn for the last episode was hard because the print was really small. And I was, I kept having to, like, go back and try and reread stuff and rearrange letters. I was like, Maybe I just not. <laughs> turning into a half-blood. Oh, my God. Oh my God, this is a dream come true. <laughs> this is a dream come true. Um, I don't know. I, I think also I typically take breaks and don't read in my off time because I read for the pod and also for work stuff and I watch TV instead. But maybe that's also why it's because like the last like week I've been just reading, just constantly reading. But I used to do that all the time and it was fine. So I don't know. My brain is breaking down. It's okay. It's fine. It's fine. It's Everything's fine. fine. How many pinkies up would you give this book? I'm going to give it four pinkies up. I'm going to give it 4.75 pinkies up. Oh. I was going to give it five, but every time I do that, then I read something else and I'm like, I shouldn't have given that one five. <laughs> I, I'm going to give it 4.75. I thought this is one of your favorite books of all time. It is. And it's it, probably in my top five. It gets 4.75. Okay. No, I have to give it 4.75 because I don't know. I feel like part of the reason I like it is because there's so many hot dudes in it. And I feel like that's not a good enough reason to give it the extra (laughs) 0.25. I feel like that's too shallow. Uh, It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) You're... 
it's your life <laughs> yeah it's my i'm still gonna give it 4.75 yeah. but it's it's good if i was gonna give the whole series a rating i would give it five pinkies up for the entire series because it's really hard to maintain quality over like every book in a series yeah and it just gets better and better and better so for the whole series five for this one 4.75 nice very yeah. good anything else we want to say about this book no i'm good same uh, so next week we'll be reading The Tenant of Wildfell Hall. Is that by Anne Bronte? Bronte? Oh yeah. hell yeah. Hell yeah. We're finally um reading another Bronte. I'm very excited about it. So you guys can join us for that. It'll be very fun. And until then, you guys can keep up with us by following us on the soaps. You can follow us on Instagram and TikTok at That Pretentious Book Club. Uh, if you have episode ideas, like some book recs you want us to do for the pod or just read or you just want to chat about books or whatever else, you can email us at contact at storysirenstudio.com or you can uh, message us on social media, which is fine, too. Yep. Yeah. So give us a little... Uh... A shout out. Yeah, give us a shout out. We love give us I get a ring. so excited still when people like call or email. Uh hi Catherine, if you're listening. We got an email from oh, a yeah. Catherine um this week and it was so sweet and exciting. I love hearing from people. So not as many people reach out as you might think. So it's never it's never a bother. We're never like, oh my god, another no, we message. Love it. Yeah. We get very excited. So uh if you've been like on the fence about it, do it. We want to hear from you. I think that's everything. So <laughs> until next week, remember to keep your teacups full. Your pinkies high. And your book club pretentious. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>